welcome to another episode of our podcast. I am your host, Lukna. So welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. The Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi-adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And this week, I have the amazing Barrett Matthews. He's also known as the media boss. He's taken his decades of multimedia experience and is now using it to help entrepreneurs reach their ideal clients who want to pay them through the use of podcasting. Matt Barrett, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lubna. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing marvelously well and improving. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm doing marvelously well and improving. That is such a great... I'm going to steal that statement from you, Barrett. <laughs> if I had a dime for everybody that told me that. <laughs> You'd be very rich, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's get started, Barrett, with one of the most important questions that we ask on our podcast. What's your favorite sushi? And why? Well, my favorite sushi, because I like spice. I mean, I like spicy tuna. I like spicy crab. Spicy tuna is real good, but I also like a crunch. Mm. I also like a crunch. Yeah. <laughs> so I like a spice because even like, and I got to have my ginger. So it, it's, Ooh. yeah. You see, you feel me. You feel me. So I would have to say a spicy tuna and with the crunch, but make sure I got some ginger as well. Okay. And why? I don't know. It's something about, I have to have a kick. Does that make sense? It has to give me a little kick when I eat it. Otherwise, it just seems bland without it to me. Mm. It just seems bland without it. So I got to have something to, to just, you know, just give me a little oomph, you know, <laughs> something to, to make it fun to eat. Oh, I love that. And how about wasabi then? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, God, I got to tell you a quick story. Yes, the go. First, first time I had wasabi, I had no idea what it was. Yeah, this. You took a big spoon, I'm sure. Big enough. And I was with someone who knew what it was, and she let me do it. We went to, yeah, see, look at you. She, she let me do it and then laughed and laughed, and, and I'm dying. And <laughs> she just, I could not find a bathroom fast enough. But <laughs> it was, I, oh, God, it was the first time. But after that, of course, I had to do it very, very small sizes of it, but I learned my lesson that day. Yeah, it's very funny because we've had a couple of guests before and some of them shared a similar experience that they had no idea there's green stuff next to their sushi and thought, oh, well, let me put a chunk on it and just go for it. And and most of the time, the person that was next to them and knew what they were doing, they were like, okay, you need this experience right now. (laughs) You have to experience the wasabi. That is your, um, yeah, yeah. That's your uh, initiation into sushi land. Let's put it this way. (laughs) This was my my trainer. We had just finished working out. We said, let's go grab something to eat. My trainer did this to me. (laughs) Oh, so on that note, Barrett, because most of our guests have been on the podcast, were introduced to sushi much later. Now, the majority, we have some people who were introduced to sushi at a very young age. What's your story? When did you get acquainted with this amazingness that's called sushi? It was, it was definitely later in life. I mean, I was definitely 35, maybe 40 uh, <laughs> when I was introduced to it. I mean, I had heard of it, of course, yes. but it was more of an exotic thing that just, 
It never even came into my circle. And then when I, when I did, I said, you know what? I'll try it. I said, it's not bad. You know, the whole concept of raw fish didn't appeal to me at first. And yeah. then you throw another, some people tell me about, okay, you don't have to put fish in it. Okay, so let me try it. I said, you know what, I like it. Okay, so now let me try some different types. And so it just got you know more and more. So I just started trying different types. And I realized that I had, I liked it, but I also realized that I had to have it a certain way. So I like I mentioned the spice and I like the crunch and stuff. So, you know, I just like different things about it now. But yeah, it's cool. I enjoy it now. Oh, I love that. Can you give us a little bit more insight into how did you get past the raw fish idea? <sighs> It, it was a moderation because first I had to get past the fact that all sushi is not raw fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I had to get past first. Once I got past that, then I'm like, okay, oh, I can put shrimp in here. Okay. Oh, you know, I can have crab meat in there. Okay. And then it's like, okay, now I'm okay with trying the raw fish. And then, you know, as long as I got it spicy enough. And I, yeah, I thought about the tuna. I said, well, you eat tuna all the time. Yeah. So tuna's fish. <laughs> so, so then I said, you know what? It's not bad at all. Just eat it. <laughs> and, and it's not like you have to elongate on the fact that it's fish and it's sitting in your mouth. You chew it. You eat it. It's gone. And so then I realized you know, it's not that big of a deal. You had anxiety over nothing. <laughs> and so that's why I'm fine with it now. Yeah, I love that because I shared the story that I'm from Moroccan origin and in the Moroccan world, we do eat a lot of fish because Morocco, there's sea around it. So yeah. fish is absolutely there, on the Oh, you should. As soon as we can travel again, I think that we're all waiting for that opportunity again. So we do eat fish, but it has to be cooked, baked. It's not raw in any way, shape or form. So when I came home with sushi, my father was looking at me and saying, I did something wrong in your upbringing. I really did something completely wrong in how I raised you. How can you bring raw fish and actually eat it without it being cooked, baked, or it, it was past the oven? That's so, funny. yeah, I believe you. Mean. I have funny stories. So I what bet the- you do. <laughs> Well, the purpose of our podcast is to give insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs. And we use sushi as an analogy. So my next question for you, Barrett, is if you, your personality, were a sushi, what would the ingredients be? And build it up. And why specifically that ingredient? Wow. So start with the nori and then tell us why exactly. Well, the main thing I can think of is, like I said, got to have some spice in it because I'm just that type of guy. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that I add a little spice, a little adventure, a little fun to anything that I'm associated with. So that's why I got to have some spice. I got to have a little kick to it. I like a little soy. I like a little soy sauce because I'm a little, I can be a little saucy at times as well. I, I got some juicy content I like to bring to you. And I like to have some crab meat because mm-hmm. I like, now one, I'm from Maryland. So we are the crab state. And if you live in Maryland, you don't like crab meat, there's something wrong with you. So (laughs) it's like your your dad would have said, somebody raised me wrong. But um, so I got to have crab because I have to represent where I'm from. Okay. And 
and I got to stay true to myself. And since I'm from Maryland, I got to have the crab meat in it. So that's pretty much me. And, and then I, like I said, I got to have a little crunch to it because sometimes I can step on some people's toes if I need to. It can be a little rough. It can be a little, little harsh sometimes because I got to make sure that I don't fool around with people. And my thing is when I'm handling people and dealing with business, I like to be honest. I like to be forthcoming, but sometimes the truth hurts. So I got to yeah. have a little crunch to it as well. So that's the type I would like. Oh, well, I can attest to you having fun and playing because I've been on your podcast, The Productive Podcaster, and we had a fun conversation. We had fun. <laughs> so I can attest to that fun aspect of your personality, most definitely. So I really like that. And can you share a little bit? Is it a hand roll? Is it a roll? Is it a nigiri? What type Ooh. of sushi? Can you share something about that? Now that, I don't know. I don't know enough about the preparing of sushi to say on that. I just don't like what I eat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way, Barrett. If you were to choose a hand roll, which is a nori, and all of the ingredients are put on the nori, and then mm -hmm. it's rolled like a cone. Okay. Now, if you eat into that, you will get the sensation of the spice, you can get uh, the crab meat, and you will get the soy sauce that you can put on, and it's in one bite, and someone experiences mm. all of those flavors in one go. Mm. The same with the roll because there's the nori, the rice, and then the ingredients in the middle, and it's rolled and then sliced into little circles. Mm -hmm. And then again, if you take a bite, all of those flavors are in your mouth at the same time. You can also choose a nigiri, which is a little bit of rice, and on top, the ingredient or ingredients that you want. So it's a different type of mm. flavor combination. So if someone is interacting with you, do they get everything in one go and then think, whoa, or do you ease them into it? I more ease them into it. I think I ease them into it. I loved the way you did that, the whoa. <laughs> People would not believe that we just met recently because it's... <laughs> Believe you, I'm me, myself, and I, whether people like it or not. I love this it. is me. <laughs> I love it. I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> so let's tap into, we've got the sushi questions. Mm -hmm. So we've asked the question, what's your favorite sushi and why? We dove a little bit into your personality. If I were to ask you the question, if your business were a sushi, would you change Ooh. any of those ingredients? Let's see. If my business were a sushi, I think I would. I think okay. I would. Tell um, us why. Okay. <laughs> I would probably make it more of a California roll. And the reason is because it appeals to more taste. Okay. You know, some people don't like crab, but everybody everybody can deal with some vegetables. <laughs> so I want my business to be appealing to more and more people. So that way I can bring more clients in and I can serve more people and, and help more people and make everybody happy. Oh, I like that. I like that. We do have the California roll where there is either surimi, which is the fake crab, or the real crab meat in between. I, in have, I have had the one with the fake crab and don't really care for the fake. <laughs> I can totally relate because you just said you're from Maryland. So if you're used to crab meat, then the fake version just doesn't do it enough. Doesn't do it. Oh, but I like that you said you want to appeal to as much as possible. And, and I especially love that you mentioned California because it's one of those roles that most people... It is the start of sushi. So if I were to convert someone from I don't like sushi to I want to try it, 
then the California roll is a good one with the fake crab, to be fair, because then <laughs> okay. you don't have to right. you don't get have past to, right. the raw fish obstacle. Right. But you get into at least this is how you eat sushi That's phase. True. So it is something that Very opens the sushi up. Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. We're getting a deeper insight into your mind I, I, I and your see. personality. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> kind of spooky. <laughs> kind of spooky. So let's get it unspooky. So you're called the media boss and you've got decades of experience in the media world. Tell us a little bit about that. What have you done? Well, I used to work here in the Maryland and D.C. area for a TV station, rather. WUSA TV was number one news station in D.C. I was assistant director there. And I started out before that as an intern there. And I was an intern you know, because I was still a college student and my major was media in college. And while I was in college, I did radio shows. I actually was the sports radio station uh, director there. I actually wrote for the newspaper. I did television on camera. I don't know if anyone ever watched our Entertainment Tonight TV show. One of the hosts, Kevin Fraser. Kevin and I used to call games together on radio in college together. And then I left there and I got, I said, well, before that, I got an intern with the TV station. And I met a guy there who was just up and coming in broadcasting. He's a, now a big time broadcaster, James Brown, a sportscaster. Uh-huh. And he took me under his wing, so to speak. And he helped me with a whole lot of things, even with my senior thesis he helped me with. Then I, when I got out of college, he put in a word for me to help get me a job at the station there. Then he calls me one day and says, hey, how'd you like to work for the network for CBS Sports in New York? And I'm like, you don't realize this was what I told people I was going to do in college. This was my dream. So he helped me get there. I got an interview and I got offered a position to work at CBS Sports in New York. Now I'm working with names like Brent Musburger I see all these celebrities, all these football players, Terry Bradshaw used to work with, Dick Butkus, all these guys I used to work with and always used to look up to. So now my job is to make sure that their broadcasts go off smoothly. Got out of there and started working at cable stations. And then I actually got out of the media altogether for a good while. Mm-hmm. Got in to start focusing more on business size, entrepreneurship and doing those things. And it's funny, as fate would have it, sometimes Whatever you're passionate about, sometimes what you're good at will call you back. Oh, yeah. And as I got into other business things, started realizing some things about, you know, just writing different articles, writing blogs. So I started doing that. And I didn't really take it to mean anything. Then uh, Blog Talk Radio started taking shape, which basically evolved into podcasting. So I started one about one of the businesses that I was doing. Started doing that. Did that for a couple of years. Friend of mine, he launched a whole network for uh, Blog Talk Radio. And I got on his network and even helped him to build it. And that took off for a couple of years. And I I did two or three shows on his network. (laughs) And now I'm back in media. It was just a matter of fact, now I'm just like doing what I do. I took a break for a minute. And a friend of mine, he started an an organization called Black CEOs to help Black entrepreneurs. He asked me to host a Black CEO morning show. So. Yeah, so I hosted the show for two years with him. Didn't realize he was setting me up because, yeah, he set me up because I noticed that all the other co-hosts were leaving the show, but I was the only one still there. And he <laughs> named me and he named me executive producer of the show. And he said, yeah, because you're the only one with real media experience. So that's why I wanted you there anyway. And I'm like, oh, so you knew this from the beginning. He said, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, so the thing is, I did this show and I was producing and directing and hosting. And, and I realized that, 
whenever I had to take a break for a day or two, someone took over. They go, oh, my God, Bear, how did you do that? That was crazy. I don't know how you do that. And I realized that it was seamless for me. Yeah. It was just because I did it without any effort. It was something I didn't. I, I said there are a lot of people that probably want to learn some things or want to do some things and don't. They're scared of the technology and they want to get their voice out. So what I started doing was I said, you know what? Because I was coaching clients still in my other business in entrepreneurship and being productive. And I realized as I was telling them, start a podcast, get more productive, do that. They weren't doing it. Because I realized that people don't want to get things done. Luke, they want to have things done. Ooh. So, so what I did is I created a done-for-you podcast platform for them. So this way, now, all they have to do is get me their raw content. We take it. We edit it. We put it together. We put it in music form. We put in breaks for them to insert commercials. We do graphics for them. We put it up to about six different podcast sites. So now all they have to do is get us the stuff. We do the work for them. So what we've done is we've tied other things to it now to where we will take some of their podcasts. We'll turn them into blogs. Some of them we'll turn into books for them because we're trying to take care of the whole media experience for them. Uh, we do video podcasts for them. We will upload it to YouTube. We also are setting it up now to where we can put them on a Roku channel as well. And in some instances, we can even do a documentary on them based on it because we're trying to encompass all media and making sure that they can have all of that. So that's pretty much where my background is and where, how I've come thus far. Wow, that is amazing. And I love hearing these origin stories because it's such one of the things that I found and discovered is you come back to what you're good at and what you enjoy doing. It doesn't matter how many detours you make, you come back, the universe sends you back on that path. And you think, I thought I said goodbye to this. So that is so true. And there was one point where I got interesting. People don't want to get things done they want people to do it for them. Yeah, they want to have things done. Want to have things done. Mm-hmm. But as an entrepreneur, you can't always have things done for you. I mean, I can totally relate to what you do and the services that you provide, but you can't always have th- you have to do something yourself. You Let's have to be do honest. Something. <laughs> but my point is this is that things have to get done in your business. But as a a good friend of mine says, the answer to who doesn't have to be you. Mm. So if you think about it like this, you've never seen Bill Gates working on a computer. Not that moment. No, no, can't say that. No, but he still has a, a, if you think of Bill Gates, you think of computers. Because he has other people that are doing those things that he may not want to do or may not even know how to do. And it doesn't stop his business from growing. So it's the same thing for you and your business. Whatever it is that you are doing, focus on your business. And if you want something else to happen, so if you want a podcast to go through and you need that to help you to bring in more people, get more notoriety, stop trying to worry about, I don't know how to work this. I don't know how to do this. Get someone else to do it while you focus on the things that you love to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's one of the messages that I share consistently. Get to a place where you can focus on the things that you enjoy doing, what you're good at, because that's your zone of genius. The rest, you should delegate, outsource, find partners to do those things, because for for you is something you do not enjoy or you're not good at or a combination. Someone else is zone of genius and they should absolutely do that. So my last question as we move towards the end of our time together for now is what if an entrepreneur right now is listening to this podcast or watching mm-hmm. the video. 
version of this podcast and is thinking, I want to start my media journey. I want to leverage every opportunity that I have for my business around media. What are three tips that you can share for someone that is thinking about it and hasn't started or maybe just literally dip their toes in the beginning stages of that? Well, first of all, ask yourself why you're doing it. Simon Sinek said, start with why. Why are you doing it? Because your why will usually direct you in all the other places you, you, you want to go. So that's the first thing. Second is find out what area of media you're looking at. There's so many different areas of media. The reason I chose podcasting is because a podcast, I don't have to do a lot of thinking to talk. <laughs> you know, I can just talk, say what's on my mind. That information I can transcribe. I can videotape myself doing it. So now I've just created other forms of media just like that. That's why I chose podcasting. But it may not be for you. You may love writing. So go and write. But whatever it is, find out what you love doing in, in that type of media and incorporate that. Then, and I probably should have put this first or second, find out if there is an audience for it. If someone wants to hear what you're talking about or read what you're talking about, because if you're the only one that likes that topic, you're going to have a hard time. So find out who else is interested, find out where they are, find out how you can get to them. And if you can get to those people with your message using the form of media that you chose, then I say go for it. Awesome. So focus on why, focus on the medium that you want to use. And the third one was make sure that you have people who are interested in what you yeah. have to share or you'll be your own audience, which is also <laughs> great, but not if you want to grow your business. Right, right. Exactly. Awesome. Anything that you want to leave our audience listeners with that you find important and we have, I haven't asked that question. What would that be? Well, one thing I just want to tell people right now is you have to get past your anxiety. A lot of people have anxiety about putting their voice out there. I would say you have to make the world hear your voice. And because we all have something that God gave us to give to the world. The more you keep it inside, the more you are not sharing your gift. And that's hurting you and hurting the world as a whole. So get over the anxiety. A lot of people say, oh, I have a fear. That's not a fear. That's an anxiety. A fear is a, a clear and present danger, meaning if someone puts a gun in my head, then that's a fear for my life. If I don't want to get on this show because I'm, I'm, if I think someone may put a gun in my head, that's anxiety. <laughs> so, so the thing is, you have to get over the anxiety and stop making up things in your head about what will happen if this happens. What will happen if, just do it. You'll find out that most of those things you were anxious about weren't real anyway. Yeah, most of the time there are illusions in our minds. Mm -hmm. That is so true. So, Barrett, thank you so very much for joining me today. I love that conversation. I really do. Me did. too. And for you that is listening to this episode of the Entrepreneurs History Club, we would love, love, love to know what has been your biggest insight or takeaway from the conversation with Barrett. Do take a moment and share this with us in our community, the Entrepreneurs History Club on Facebook and you will find the link to this group in the description with this episode. You'll also find all of the links to connect with Barrett. So if you want to know more about him or his business, you can do that through all of the links in the description of this episode. For now, I wish you a great day. And if you 
know anyone that could benefit from listening to this episode, please do share this with them. The more people can hear these messages, the better and benefit from all the amazing tips and stories that have been shared. For now, have an amazing day. Have fun and see you on the next one.